Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Hello, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to Tuesday at this hour. If you are buying a home in New York City, should you hire an agent or broker to represent you? The quick answer is yes, but some people have concerns. While you may not have had a great experience with rental agents, buyers, brokers, and agents are not the same as rental agents. So it is temp- if it is tempting to go it alone, you should be very weary, and we will tell you why. Also at this hour, rising prices and stagnant wages could make it very difficult for people to think of buying apartments, especially if prices continue to rise. Another hurdle in the path of buyers could be increasing mortgage rates that are predicted to reach 5% levels from the present 4% levels. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. It may seem counterintuitive, but there are signs that housing in New York is actually getting more affordable. A new survey from the U.S. Census Bureau has found that housing costs are not taking up as much of a household's monthly budget and that the uh, rental vacancy rate is the third highest it has been since 1965 when the Bureau did its first survey, this according to the Wall Street Journal. A construction surge and strong economy are to thank uh, for the changes with job growth starting to outpace uh, rent increases. Household income for New Yorkers rose by 11% over a three-year period, while rents rose by 8.2%. Rental rates in Manhattan stayed flat in February, increasing by just 0.24% year-on-year to $3,900 per month. The biggest bargains were non-doorman one-bedroom units in Tribeca, down 12.8% at four. per month, and non-doorman one-bedroom units in Gramercy down 12.5% to $3,000. Brooklyn and Queens posted similar modest gains. Brooklyn prices rose 1.35% to $2,700, while Queens rates increased by 0.4% to $2,100. There were 805 contracts signed in Manhattan between February 5th and March 4th. Out of that total, 407 deals were for co-ops. This surprised me, and 361 for condos, 22 for condops, and 15 for townhouses. The most active price segment was the $1 million to $2 million range, which accounted for 223 transactions. The Upper West Side was the most robust neighborhood during the period, accounting for a total of 92 deals. I mean, Louise, just quickly, I mean, that's interesting, more co-op deals in that month period than But condo that's deals. our softest market. I mean, I myself, since January 17th, have gone to contract on 17 transactions. And it co-ops, is... Co-ops? Co-ops, <laughs> condos, nice. townhouses. And it is because the, the market has reset and people feel the sense of urgency, not from the tax reform, but they feel the sense of urgency with the pressing... Um, uh, interest rates. And so it makes sense to me that $4 million and down is strong, but the upper market has reset so much that opportunities are out there. Yeah, and we're going to get more about uh, about that later. But then, and also 15 townhouses closed or, or signed in. I closed one in two yeah. weeks, yeah. went to contract and closed. That's, that's very interesting. All right. So if you are looking to buy a house, your next apartment tour may be led by a robot. Brokerages are turning to robots to handle tasks like property tours videos and creating floor plans. This according to the Wall Street Journal. Brooklyn-based Virtual APT invented a robot that makes three-dimensional property videos and counts Douglas Elliman and Stribling Associates among its clients. 
REX, a brokerage based in California, has robots at each seller's property to answer questions and collect information from prospective buyers. And a, a company called ZenPlace, also based in California, has robots that, will, that allow agents to remotely lead clients on tours while projecting the human agent's face on the screen. I predict that this will never arrive in New York City without any kind of success. Not at all. Uh, and finally, Justin Timberlake, one of the many celebrities who now calls 443 Greenwich Street in Tribeca home, is looking to unload his Soho condominium, that building at 311 West Broadway. The entertainer listed his 2,600-square-foot penthouse at Soho Muse for $7.99 million. Curb reported that nearly 22% more than the $6.5 million he paid in 2010. Jared Seligman, who earlier this year jumped to Stribbling from Douglas Elliman, has the listing. Timberlake and his wife, Jessica Beale, spent more than $20 million on that penthouse last year at 443 Greenwich Street. Uh, you know, interesting. <clears throat> the, these numbers just never cease to amaze me. After 16 years in this business and four years of broadcasting on this program, it's like, you know, it's $20 million. It no. is the greatest way to create wealth. And, you know, the buying power that we're experiencing right now is really exciting. And, you know, while I'm do a lot of transactions and I have a lot of sellers that are concerned, you know, it's all how you choose to look at it. You know, if if my clients today are trying to captivate and capture um, the time value of money. So they're taking whatever the proceeds are. Okay. So they're off 20% for the 3 million that now is worth six and a half million and they want to buy something for 10, 10 million that used to be worth 14 million. It's all perspective. It's all perspective, uh, but it's also interesting uh, by the same token. I'm here with Sean McPeak from Compass, Matt Cohen from uh, Core, and Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead Real Estate. Phil Horrigan and um, Noah Kaplan will be joining us in a bit. All right, so let's get right out of say. So if you're buying a home in New York City, you should hire an agent or a broker to represent you, right? So we always say yes, the answer to that is yes, and for many reasons that I'd like to get into today. But, you know, some people are jaded and colored because their first experience with New York City agents at the start is usually with a rental agent, okay? And you may have not had a great experience with a rental agent for whatever reason, and we'll talk about that too. So based on their first experience with a rental agent or with an agent who, let's just uh, say, is not good or wasn't good, they tend to want to do things on their own, even on the sales side. And this goes across price points, okay? But we all know and we all counsel and we all get them back at some point because people do realize or should realize that in this very competitive world of real estate in New York City, truly the best way to represent yourself is to have an agent work with you. Well, knowledge is power. And I <clears> think that we we can't really, you know, with the technology that we have at our fingertips and the websites that we have access to information, and, and we know that 88% of the individuals that are looking to buy in the next six months to year spin several months online, and that is part of their education. The interpretation of that data is something that boots on the on the ground are really what's you what have you to have need. An agent. Exactly. And you don't have to. You, I mean, you, you, but have, but have, the really to make the decision, and I find that you know my my process is once you become an expert in your market and your micro market, you're looking to buy in. That's when you that's when you're really going to make the decision and buy something, and that's what an agent will accelerate. Otherwise, it's, it's going to take you forever to learn. And then there's many buttons and switches that you will not push or 
flick in the right time and it could lose you a lot of money or a lot of time or lose your dream home. I actually feel that there's never been a better time than this market to have a very knowledgeable buyer's agent because, and I say that because of two things. So, you know, buyers in New York City are much more knowledgeable than anywhere else in the country, most likely. Um, you know, I always, my my clients know a ton before I even meet them, before we even start talking, um, you know, but at the same time, there are certain things that we as real estate experts know how to do not better, but know how to do more often and more consistently. So, you know, in years past, a buyer without a broker could have an easier time by going into a listing and saying, so here are the comps, like here are the last few things I've seen sell. But in the market that we're in, the comps are not necessarily justifying prices right now. So if you see a price from a year ago for, say, uh, the same line, most likely that's not going to be what happens right now. So it's good to have, you know, an agent who knows what's not only going on in the market right now, but who's also going to collaborate with the listing broker to get a transaction done. But I, I want to just really quickly add to that because, you know, I am very data driven. I, you know, am a developer's broker in many cases and, um, and I treat the same for an individual buyer as I do a developer who's trying to make an $80 million decision. But I will say that the most important component, in my opinion, today is what is in contract and that data of activity. So when I'm about to list something, I speak to every comparable broker and I go, how's your activity? What's going on? Well, as soon as we drop the price, I got three offers. I'm like, okay, so there is a piece of data. I'm going to add a layer onto that. I think, you know, aside from the market prices, there's also – you know, market conditions where there's certain negotiation tactics taking place, like you mentioned, new development, uh, you know, coming in and asking for transfer taxes to be paid for by the developer instead of what traditionally is the buyer's role. Um, or let's say 2009, 2010, when the market was very down, there was a lot We're of giving rent them to, away, a lot of rent to buy things going on. And that's just a negotiation tactic or, or a contract terms. So that also has to do with market conditions. It's not just pricing or discounts. It's also the way we're structuring the terms of the deal. And it's also to speak about Louise's, you know, analytical side. Um, I'm finding it's just so much about percentages these days. You know, brokers, buyers, sellers are all talking about percentages. We're talking about, you know, something that's in contract, for example. What's it at contract at? It's this percentage off the asking price. It's 3%, 4%. You know, in each building, in each neighborhood, I'm finding is having more consistent trends actually these days um, that has been going through, you know, since January, I'm finding, right. which is good to be able to, you know, not only talk to your seller about if you're representing but a seller, but buyer. also talk to your buyer. Exactly. And there's, you're able there's to also say stories and outliers. Like we just did a deal on the West side, um, part of a divorce and we ended up getting a tremendous discount, um, getting all the furniture as part of the deal. Um, I just feel like a buyer on their own would just have missed out on that, that tremendous opportunity. We, we got the we were in contract for a hundred thousand dollars below the comps, uh, just because you know we had the backstory on the situation and an experienced well, broker. Well, that's not good on the seller's broker, not for nothing. <laughs> well, I, it, was, it was. I mean, it was a rocky deal, but we just saw an opportunity that if 
we were able to kind of keep even keeled because it was a very emotional transaction uh, for the other side that we would be able to pick up a huge discount just because they were on the market for 250 days. They were fed up and we just, we, we sensed that and we pounced and but that's, I'm also, that's the value of what we can do, right? But I'm also sure that you collaborated with the listing broker because you wouldn't have known that story if you wouldn't have spoken to the broker yeah, that much. I mean, well, I mean, I'm for not sure. happy I mean, about always, that seller's broker sharing <laughs> that story with you. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was pretty tired of uh, selling the apartment. Uh, so. I, I mean, I agree with all of you. And I just wanted to go back to, you know, Louise's original point, And then Matt was concurring to that. You know, the education and the experience of an agent is really, I mean, paramount. It's the most important thing that we can bring to the table in advising buyers, especially younger buyers or first time buyers in this transaction of real estate. I see a lot of direct buyers come through in new developments that I do a lot of work in. And, you know, they all think everybody thinks that they have all of the information because they're so locked into Street Easy or they're so locked into whatever other you know um, portal that they want to use to get their information, but they don't know the human side of it. They don't know what the inside track is because the broker's experience can help them there. And what I find also, and it gets to be very annoying, is that when you try and tell these direct buyers who come through something or advise mm-hmm. them on something. They all cop an attitude and they run away. And one person recently said to me, this is why I'm working on my own. Anyway, we're going to pick that up after the break. <laughs> we have to take a break. We are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. We're back, and I'm here with Noah Kaplan from Nest Seekers International, Phil Horrigan from LeaseBreak.com, Sean McPeak from Compass, Matthew Cohen from Core, and Louise Phillips-Forbes from Halstead Real Estate. So, 
Just any final thoughts on why buyers out there should continue to use or begin to use agents in their search for apartments in New York City? I just want to, since you started with the idea about bad experiences with rental agents, for any agents that are listening today, there is a huge opportunity. I don't know if anybody remembers Stephen Kotler, who, hi, Stephen. He is a manager at Douglas Elliman today, Um, but he had a multi-million dollar rental business Mm -hmm. because of his professionalism, Mm -hmm. and he attracted Mm -hmm. transactions for decades decades where he had a team of people. And so there's no reason why that experience for a rental, uh, for a renter to have a bad experience. Right. There's no reason and there's an opportunity there. Well, that, that's the, one of the other comments I wanted to make too. So whether it's a rental agent or a sales agent, and we've all bumped into you know sales agents who are not so great. I mean, it really is the individual, like you're saying, Louise. I mean, you could be a good agent or a bad agent. It doesn't matter what you do, rental or sales. Most of us do both. So I think properly vetting your agents also key to this. I mean, yeah, just taking everything at face value, maybe you should be asking some deeper questions of your agent. And I think I also, absolutely. Sorry, I was going to say I also just find like the whole topic of buyers agents that there are always two subjects that you know buyers out there just focus on or agents focus on. And the one I think is very good, which is I always say to people, you know, in every transaction, there should be someone that's representing both sides. It's always just good for ethical reasons, for, you know, legal reasons, anything throughout the transaction. So it's good to have someone representing the seller. It's good to have someone representing the buyer. You had someone say that to you at your new development about, you know, this is why, because you're technically representing the developer. That's what your job is. And then, you know, and then the other subject I find is that buyers really hard, just harp on, um, the whole commission thing. You know, uh, buyers think that they're going to get a better deal because they don't have a broker and that commission thing. I've actually had a few friends throughout the years who have, you know, sold with me and then not bought with me because they thought that the commission was going to be less. And I found out after the deal has closed that the that the broker took the full commission. Exactly. So it's not... I was going to say, that's the biggest fallacy is that when you save money on the commission, let's just say there's money to be saved in a deal because there's only one broker, those savings don't go into the buyer's pocket. They go into generally the seller's pocket, maybe the seller's agent agent's pocket because they're getting more money. So that's like another big, <laughs> a big fallacy. But anyway, so. Get no, I, I just want to say that I think that if, you know, I think it's really originates from the philosophy of the individual. So for me, I am, it is most important to be an educator and to be, to be of service. And so if I come from those places all the time, absolutely, then you will attract the business. And and I have both sides of the transaction all the time because I do educate my buyers so well. And then I get a listing that's perfect for them. And I have to say, hey, you are very well educated. You know what this is worth. You know why it checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And many times I get the asking price. But do you think that that would happen mm-hmm. if it was the other way around? I think that your situation is a great one where you have the buyer and then you just so happen to get the listing. I think that if you had the listing and then a direct buyer came along, I don't know if it would work out that way necessarily. Like I always say that when I'm selling an apartment, I would actually much rather be doing a transaction with another broker rather than a direct buyer. Just because I find that it's a much smoother process when both sides are representing. They'll walk away from contracts. They'll never call you again. I mean, that's just a a highly likelihood they'll get spooked by something. And And they generally do. And the last point I'd like to make on this particular topic is it takes time to hone your skill as an agent. It takes time to craft 
that experience that you're going to impart on the the buyers and the sellers that you work with down the road. And like you say, Louise, all the time, you know, you you have a, a great business because you do educate, you do inspire, you do teach people how. Listen, I say all the time, you have to teach people how to go through a transaction in real completely. estate. And, and, by, and it's not that difficult, but you have to teach people Absolutely. how to go through it. And, and that's if, it. if they pick up the phone and they go, by the way, I saw an apartment that I think, I think I'm going to go for, and I'm sorry I went on Sunday. Right. I'm like, hey, what can I do to help you? Right. Exactly. One thing, uh, just from like a big picture perspective, if people are like, well, why are there still agents even out there? I mean, if you, if you think about it, what's the reason why the travel industry pretty much doesn't the travel agents don't really exist anymore. Expedia and Travelocity got rid of them because there wasn't that much value that those travel agents were providing that the internet couldn't just provide. Same thing with other industries as well, except with real estate, the agents have gone nowhere. So if you're just like a buyer looking at the situation, you should ask yourself, why are agents still everywhere in the cities because they're adding so much value still to the transactions and, I use and the sellers know that and the buyers know that that's where they continue to use them a lot of a lot of what the commission is it's not the it's not mm. the time or the work that went into that transaction you're paying for the culmination of experience over years it's it's like going to a doctor and saying oh you only spent an hour with me why should i pay you full price it's like well because you went to med school and then you had all exactly. these tests and trials called compensation actually Compensation, not commission. Compensation, I like How about that. gratuity? Compensated for value and for experience and for being able to lead someone into battle because that's what it is. A lot of times it's battle. You know, and that's why I said at the top of the show. <laughs> I don't think about that. Was heavy. Well, that was heavy. That's okay. There Much you have it. Far, no, it came guns way, loaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> William <laughs> Wallace, real estate. <laughs> that's why I said at the top of the show He's when I was reading morning. the news <laughs> item about robots in California doing showings and answering questions. And one of the things I was offended by is how could a seller agree to have a robot on their property and maybe an agent on the screen behind and the the, the robot is actually explaining the property and walking people through a tour of the property. It's kind of like, you know They're what? Like tips over and... It, you know, it's, I mean, it's counter to everything we've said here about experience and wisdom and teaching people. I mean, I just find it interesting, but, you know, only in California, let it stay in California, the land of, you know, the la la land, as, as we all call it. Right. I love my friends out there. No, <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. So as New Yorkers perpetually hunt to find affordable, comfortable places to live, many are turning to areas of Upper Manhattan like Inwood rather than defaulting to other outer boroughs. Upper Manhattan, a sub-market comprising Harlem, Inwood, Washington Heights, Hamilton Heights, and Manhattanville has become an increasingly popular place for both buyers and renters. But uh, Inwood especially enjoying a, a growing reputation for pleasant living at a good value. So, you know, the, the Upper Manhattan you know, neighborhoods when I first became an agent 16 years ago, I mean, we didn't even talk about it because it really kind of didn't even exist. It was Part of Upper Manhattan, but nobody really wanted to know anything about it. Today, aside from the outer boroughs being so on fire hot, uptown Manhattan has become just as you know Absolutely. desirable. Why? What's well, happening? So, well, the funny thing is, um, one of the one of the one of the first rentals I did as a um, as a you know inspired be rental agent exactly was uh, was an up up there around the one nineties, um, and I rented a studio, a two bedroom studio. For twelve hundred bucks a month. Wait, what? Two bedroom studio. Two room studio. Excuse me, a two room <laughs> studio. <laughs> there wow. we go. There we go. Um, and the cocky's just about to kick in. <laughs> and it's a it was a two room studio, so it was basically a junior one. Right. And I rented it for twelve hundred bucks a month, and I did a fifteen percent, you know, my first fifteen percent deal, <laughs> rental deal. <laughs> and I gotta say, the the guy, my client, uh, really got bang for his buck. Really got the. 
the full bang for the buck. Well, well, what people don't realize is that Upper Manhattan is just very, you know, it was always really known for being very residential. I, I think that people don't look rental. at it as much, right? Because there's not a lot of retail in certain areas and there's not a lot of businesses. But now, as you have Columbia Presbyterian up there, you know, you people, a lot of people in more, you know, Manhattan Central don't think about the subways, but the A is so fast when you're up in Washington Heights, you know, it stops like right at the GOB Bridge. It's, yep, it's amazing. It's also got the most characters. And it the one at 168. Exactly. So, I mean, and, and, you know, I'm finding more than ever that a lot of my Harlem clients who are very, you know, who are in like the best parts of Harlem, like, you know, uh, around 125th or around Lenox, you know, they're all pushing those limits. They're trying to, you know, get their best price because they're in Harlem and they're moving up to Hamilton Heights. They're moving up to, yep. you know, Washington Heights and going to like Chicken Castle Hill. Village. Yeah. I mean, so well, you've never seen nice. more. Castle yeah. Village. So, Dykeman Street's amazing. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking also that I wanted to say that my feeling is that we're going to see as as Brooklyn expands out Staten Island, I think the Bronx is going to be on fire. Yeah, I mean, Bronx. when you look at the top developers, Extel, um, HFC, they, um, I mean, Hunts Point, Sobro. I, I'm on the advisory board for the Bronx Museum and to watch the metamorphosis that's happened there in the last six years, there you can purchase land at a 600% cheaper than what it is in Brooklyn or Queens today. So that's six hundred. You can get a multi-family for three hundred dollars a square yeah, foot. That's exactly. Right. You, can buy, you, you can buy a multi-family for cash flow positive three-family houses for under a million dollars in Bronx. I have so a, but Louise, yeah. talk to me about Staten Island because you mentioned that, and I'm kind of like, you know, Staten Island is not it's, new. It's, it's been coming there, but, because but how? because it, it, they're it building is, the Ferris wheel. They're, I mean, um, I'm just saying that that it is for those people who work downtown. They can't yeah. afford. Right. Well, they that, can't afford right. parts of Brooklyn today. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go to Queens. I love this. Louise. It is a play. I was born on Staten Island. Usually, everyone just makes fun of me. This is great. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, we're still gonna rag. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's my alpha. But I needed clarification, and she's making a great point. Well, there's I mean, a lot the of people who work downtown. It's an easy ferry ride over. You can't really afford Brooklyn anymore. And, and, and they are some amazing neighborhoods yeah. in between the mafia. No, they're like a bunch of mafia. They're a bunch of developers. I mean, it's just reality. Don't there are a bunch of developments own. on the north Wesley's side of Staten Island. Yeah. Just saying. Sorry. Well, listen, you have parts of Jersey, too, that have really come around, right? Yeah, so, yeah like Edgewater. Like, yeah. I like that bridge and tunnel look. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to get to the next question um, after the break. I love Hoboken, by the way. Don't knock that. I get my nails done there. I love Hoboken. <laughs> listen, but at the end of the day, though, you know, the upper neighborhoods in your businesses, are you seeing people saying to you, you know, Absolutely. I want to go yes. here and I want to go there? The yeah. most exciting thing I've been in the business for three decades three decades this year which, no. wow I'm only 29 um <laughs> I haven't but even been alive for three I'd still, decades. So. Uh, <laughs> smart Alec. Oh, you stop. <laughs> um, anyway, what has been amazing to experience is that they are no borders. There are no boundaries. No. And, and you know, it really depends on, um, you know, when you think about the millennial generation and, and their technology savviness, they approach everything differently. And they have broke broken the, the barriers of being open to be able to have good transportation and great little retail. And they have defined and helped break out some of these neighborhoods. 
And I think that it's really exciting. I think ride-sharing technology makes it so much more well, accessible, I, too. Thank I you mean, for that. It totally. I mean, just for as a professional real estate agent, having Uber start in, what, 2011 or 12 just completely changed the game. That's a great point. Also, yeah. And, 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 and uh, I think it's Via just started going to the upper Manhattan neighborhoods. They're, they're building houses right. in, like mansions in Vinegar Hill now. They're, yeah. they're building oh, houses absolutely. all over Accessibility the place. Accessibility. It's because no, of, of Uber. This is sort of an out, outside-of-the-box uh, thought here, but I think that Elon Musk, the boring company, is going to change you think the, what? the East Coast. Um, Elon Musk's new company, oh. the boring company, I think they're going to change the East Coast, uh, East Coast mm-hmm. real estate values. I'm talking what about is that? like the Boring Company is um, basically uh, Elon Musk's. Um, it's an underground, like high speed railroad. Yeah, so he's going to end. But the thing is, they bore, like, so they have boring machines that actually bore underground way faster. Than- hmm. And so he's going to do, he's, 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 he's going to bore on the West Coast, he's going to bore on the East Coast. And we're, we're just going to see a lot of markets outside of New York as well. That I think it'd be interesting if it was on a local level, you could get around town quicker underground, you know? All right, we have to leave it there and take a break. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. And on the, the, before the break, we were talking about how the Smart. upper neighborhoods of Manhattan have become very popular. Now we want to talk about, according to realtors, there's a great exodus from New York City that can be measured in New Jersey. Commuters Over the past 25 years, people commuting from the Hudson, <clears throat> across the Hudson rather, have increased by 28%, forcing in turn bus trips to grow by more than 80% and railway trips to triple. This, according to the New York Times, we can see that in the massive migration in the last three or four years of city dwellers, says Jonathan Miller of Miller Samuel uh, Real Estate Appraisers. To Miller, the cause of people decamping to the burbs is a result of climbing cost of living. He says the city costs have risen more than the cost of a home, and that's what he told the New York Times. So, you know, um, are you seeing that in your business where you, you start working with clients and all of a sudden they say to you, well, you know what? I really think that I'm priced out of not only Manhattan proper these days, but the 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 outer boroughs that have become so popular and so fancy. I think I'm going to make the trip 
across the Hudson. But I don't I don't know if just because people are going across the Hudson in droves doesn't necessarily mean that there's an exodus out of New York City because why couldn't that just that could just mean there's an exodus to Jersey as opposed to other suburbs because one thing I have heard a lot of my clients are moving to Jersey is like becoming I mean Jersey City used to not be huge now Jersey City is huge Hoboken's been huge for a while but that's even more being I mean so Jersey to me there's other parts of Jersey people are even posting on our web like at least we had, we ha- I had to create New Jersey for lease break it's a New York City website but so many people were saying I now live in Jersey I wanted to do something there so and they're so my point is that I don't know Vince if if there's this huge exodus out of New York City you well, guys seeing that I, I'm not seeing it at, I'm all. Seeing that at I, all no I'm not I'm going to tell you my point at the end of this oh. but 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 I just want to say yeah. that I think the the point of this New York Times article was to say that people are leaving the city and instead of going to the traditional suburbs where there's a little more of a commute they're going to the you know the Hudson River line of Jersey mm. Hoboken and Jersey City because but it's because still because of the transportation the transportation yeah. is easier and it's quicker and it's right and it's it's still kind of like living mm. in New York City so I think that was the point of the article but yet I agree with all of you I'm not seeing a mass no. exodus out I, when I go I get my all. nails done yeah. I'm there in 20 minutes <laughs> even at 5 o'clock if you're looking for a place above $500,000 you want location and if I'm if I'm working well, with buyers, the the first thing they want is New York. But I fam- also just but no, I, what about I remember, families though? Families may need to spend six hundred or seven hundred, right. but they can get a townhouse maybe or a much larger space mm-hmm. out of this place than here in this place. I remember right. seeing that article, and I think that the, what they were trying to focus on outside of the whole Jersey City Hoboken thing was that Fort Lee is getting much more built up. Very so much, and yeah. and Fort like Fort That's Lee has been, been there for years. But Fort Lee is being years. utilized by a bunch of people like Columbia Presbyterian. All their faculty is going to the um this this huge building that's right off the bridge when you exit. And I'm trying to think of the name of it, but I can't think of it. And no, they're right two the really the, the modern. One. It's yeah. called the modern. My developer built that. Right. So it's like I think that that's what it's more about. About you know companies utilizing areas around the city to be able I, to house I, faculty I, and things I gotta like wonder that. too about like the source of some of the stuff. Like lo- Jonathan Miller's the man, but. Uh, we also don't have a National Association of Realtors in New York City, Mm-mm. and they're trying to talk about New York City, but none of us are a member. So where are they getting their info from? Very good point. And well, we don't have an MLS. So set them straight, you know, I don't baby. know how, how also, you don't just, exist. Like, just like a year or two ago, weren't we saying how like all these people were moving to the city because the crime rate is down and all right. this other stuff? No, wait, I don't know. There's $50,000. $50, Got money on my brain. Fifty thousand people moving to New York City every single year. Right. So that's that, a fact. That is, that, that, I believe that more than. That's the point I wanted yeah. to make that, at the end of this story. Yeah. I'm finding in my business, and I have three buyers right now. Empty nesters. That wonderful word, mm, empty nesters. Yeah. So there, no one is flocking out of the city. They moved out years ago, raised their family, kids went to college, and they want to come back. And now they want to come back. You know, your parents did the same thing. So mm-hmm. here we are. I'm yes, working we did. with lots of empty nesters. <laughs> yeah. That to me is a b- totally. much bigger story than people running away and, from New York and, City yeah. because it's too affordable. But we knew uh, it, it's one of the predictions for for 2018 is that the baby boomers that are going to represent two and sometimes three transactions yes. because they're going to sell their their suburban home, they're going to buy investment property or a second home in Florida, and they get a little place to hang their hat in the city. I also read recently though that baby boomers are not necessarily sh- uh, selling their properties in the burbs so readily because the market is kind of slow and they are afraid that if they sell something they may not be able to buy something I'm not I, so but sure I, I disagree from the my own personal experience I mean, I'm a baby boomer right yeah yeah I'm a baby boomer with a 12 year old so um, <laughs> my those baby boomers are buying and their kids go. are like at working at Goldman Sachs <laughs> um, Seriously. but 
anyway, my my thoughts around um, exiting and buying, it's that philosophy, you, you can buy more today than tomorrow because of interest rates. Yeah. So take the loss of 100000 or whatever it is in the suburbs because your growth in the asset itself went 100%. from 200000 right. to a million two. Right. I think the statistics just a symptom of population growth. I mean, it's just going to happen. People are going to move, and the neighborhoods are going to expand. Transportation will get better. It's just, it's just natural. I don't think there's a mass exodus. I don't think we're losing I, people. I agree. Yeah, based on just the the amount of crowding on the New York City subway system lately, like yeah, in the last, I, there's no way that people are leaving the city. Oh, I, I, I kind of wish they the would. City bike riders did you, on the did streets. Did you ride yes. your bike today? No, no not, just no, checking. No, I was going to say the city bike no. riders on the streets that are running me over all the time. Yeah, you know, hello. Hey, it's a good thing they're not on the subways. They're on the bike. <laughs> it's probably a good thing, right? Well, no. you're not on the you, no. no. Well, they're not on. You're not on the subways anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> via. Yeah. I love via. Love People, via. I, I love that. That's All right, moving on. Low inventories and strong demand from buyers have kept the housing market hot for many years, but there are indications that things could change in 2018. Property prices are likely to reach a ceiling of sorts, while buyers will become discouraged and put off from some buying at all. Similarly, new tax laws that eliminate some of the tax benefits to home ownership may remove another incentive to buy. Combine these factors could lead to a cooling off of sorts for the hot housing market in the year to come. Absolutely uh, not. Okay. I think this is very I think this is a very week to week subject. I, I think, you know, earlier this year we were all worried about the tax bill. Now no one talks about the tax bill, I find. Like I all of my buyers were talking about the tax bill in January. Now all my buyers are talking about Stormy interest Daniels. rates or they're talking Stormy honestly Stormy I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually I, I mean g- Good on her. I, I root for her. But so so but but seriously, like my clients don't talk as much about because I have very realistic clients. Like I have I always like to say, at least right now in my career, I have clients that are not spending ten million dollars. They're like one to three million. They know what's going on, they're knowledgeable, they're you know, just like you and I, they're not like these billionaires. So I I just find that they they're actually not as much price focused right now. They're not as focused on prices being too high, they're really focused on taxes being very high. Like I, I cannot show an apartment lately without my client saying that either the maintenance is high or they worry about new development taxes going up yes, after they from close. Yeah, yeah, and 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 on top of that, just obviously the interest rates. But I think that that's an interesting subject. Like I think the whole tax thing is. I think you're right. I'm seeing the same exact thing. That's funny you mentioned that. I never even thought of it. Well, I. I I will just say my own experience for anybody who is working with a um, a very seasoned owner. You know, I, I myself have four pieces of property. I'm moving everything into an LLC because I can run that much more tax opportunity through them where I, where you can't necessarily in um you can't your, do that with your co-op, though, can you? Not with my with my right. primary, say, my, se- condo, with my right? second, my yeah. second, third, and fourth, right. and right. and taxes so that's, went down on commercial landlords, and then I mean, <clears throat> I kind of offset the tax conversation with the, you know, taxes were lowered everywhere, wages have kind of increased. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities. I mean, people really are netting more money right now than they were years well, ago. Well, that was the that was the whole point was for the point, it to right. create a surge in our housing market to feed our economy. Um, and people are up 20% in the stock market, so mm. they want to put that money to work. Overall, we're not and really feeling it. 
Well, I mean, I think as Matt said, it's a week to week topic. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's in kind of bubbles. I had I had a couple, you know, minor, you know, situations over the past couple of weeks. Just the other day, I was showing an apartment for the second time, and I think you know one of the ways I hope I got this young buyer over the hump is I said, listen, you know, we're in a market where you know we're averaging about four percent interest rate. We are going to be at five percent at some point this year, and potentially five and a half percent this year. So, so the buying power is going to shift. Right. It's going to shift. But if you want to get ahead of that curve right now, lock in at 4% or 4 point whatever versus 5 point. Or wait. So that's prices could come down. That's the only so thing. that's an argument. That, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a I, scale. I came in the business when it was 12.5%. Exactly. And the prices were rates. a lot lower, though. And so, well, you know, true, but yeah. to borrow a hundred thousand bucks yeah, was twelve hundred and forty dollars yeah. a month. Insane, insane. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. So I just Crazy. think that you know you have to pick your battle of what feels right for you as an right. individual, and that's my job is to pull that out of the right. individual. And there's never been more proof to the fact that this is just so ever changing, given the fact that from month to month since the new year, the market has changed. Like in the beginning there of the year, there is a market where I there find, wasn't before. Right in the in the beginning of the year, I felt it was slow. In February, I. I felt it picked up and now I feel like it's really moving like the market is shifting week to week and that is just very interesting I think for all well, of us. Well I think also it's a level of confidence when you feel confidence around you in your job security in the economy mm-hmm. in you know maybe not the president but you know the world around us there is light at the end of the tunnel and and it is never going to stop being an American dream to own your own home. Mm-hmm. So that's perception is perception is is a bigger factor than all these in my opinion i mean people will you know regurgitate news headlines to you and and say what they heard from this person or that person like a buyer coming direct like we were speaking about before uh that i mean the perception of the market is more important than what's actually you know the you know perception is always nine tenths of the rule whatever they say and i absolutely 100 percent agree with you i think this market and for the last year or more has been all about perception and what Matt said before, you know, how it kind of changes on a weekly basis. I sometimes see it change on every two or three day basis. It's amazing. Um, You know, I I beg the question, are we, are we, what kind of market are we in? Are we in a buyer's market or a seller's market? Or we still sort of don't know. It's an efficient market. Yeah, That's what it is. If you're priced right, it will sell because people are educated waiting for the right transaction. I agree. I feel like we're, we're, we're shifting into a seller's market. Oh, we're, we're I don't agree. Well, I don't know about. I think the, I think the upper end of the market, you well, know, feel, ten million and above, if it's not reset significantly, you're hanging out there. Also, right. just also perception reasons he's a buyer's agent is because of perception. Get the real knowledge. That's the actual fact Was instead of the perception. You? Just saying. I was just you saying. Mattcohen.com. <laughs> but like that's. I'm glad oh, yeah. you bring up this topic, and I hope you have time to talk about it because I, whether it's sellers or buyers, I'm constantly talking about the market and how normally in New York it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market. And like right now, I just really find it find that it's in the middle. Like I really find yeah, we're in the middle. It's always ground. been one or the other. It's always been very defined. I agree. It's, it's right very opportunistic middle. now. I, correct. Very yeah. opportunistic. It also depends on price point. Like today, I'm going out with a buyer, going going and checking out two million dollar like two bedroom, two baths condos in these new buildings, and I really feel like there's a lot of intrinsic value in this one place that we're we'll coming to at. the Claire. A lot of intrinsic value. You know, I, I for the townhouse market is the softest market we have seen in so long. I just did a transaction, closed, went to contract and closed two weeks later which in my opinion is somewhat redefined the townhouse market. It is a 9,060 square foot townhouse with an elevator renovated, traded for, it came on the market last year for 23 million, 
and it traded for thirteen two five. And you recently talked to my business partner Shane about a townhouse that we're yeah. working with up there. Well, you I gave visited. him some some yeah. reality, and and that's my point. The reality is what they paid for it in uh, seventeen I mean, million. But they don't have to sell now, so they shouldn't. But he wants to. I so, understand you know, that. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Did they lose money on it? Did that person actually yes. buy it? At they bought it at the bottom of the market. At at, for thirteen nine five in a foreclosure in two thousand and ten, put four and a half million in it, and they lost money. (gasps) That's surprising. And my guy, if he goes on the market at what he wants to, but that is that is what I'm saying. It is opportunistic, you know. And that person who bought it doesn't care that the taxes are one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year because that's sixty thousand post-tax for him. Mm-hmm. All right, we have to leave it there. We're live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City on a very snowy day. I'm looking out the window. I can't believe it started snowing again. This is Good Morning New York. We will continue on the other side of the break. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. We are back with Noah Kaplan from Nestle's International, Bill Horrigan from LeaseBreak.com, Sean McPeak from Compass, Matthew Cohen from Core. 
and Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead Real Estate. All right, strangely enough, rent prices aren't directly mirroring the increased prices of real estate. Rent is slowly declining, with the median rent in Manhattan falling from 33.82 per month last year to 33.50. Today, new development apartments cost a bit more, but otherwise rent prices are falling bit by bit. They have also been more perks available for renters, including a few months of free rent. We've talked about this numerous times on this panel. What is the latest that you guys are seeing in your rental business? In, uh, I mean, just it's been terrible <laughs> for rentals, but uh, I, I just see it as a it's it's all micro markets. But I mean, inventory glut. I mean, just yeah. so many rental buildings coming on. Yeah. One of the things that we we I've talked about here before is the fact that to buy in to be an owner in New York City, it is a city of renters. So there, thirty eight percent of the market niche are opportunities to buy. The rest of that is rental. So you have old landlords, you have new development, you have all this development work with investors who are renting, and there is only a 6% investor rate on that owned condos. And so I think the standards of what landlords have to provide and offer has elevated. So I have a whole building on, right. on, on the west side that I do all the rentals for. I have somebody on my team that manages all that. And we are doing two months free. We're renovating. We are lowering rents. We're doing whatever we can do to keep the occupants the same, there. I'm, the same, I'm doing the same exact thing. I mean, installing washer dryers, free months rent. I mean, it's just but there's I'm nothing finding, you can do. There's I, no I'm finding a little pushback from owners because the rentals I do are primarily in condo buildings, of course, where private ownership and they want to rent out. A, the fees from some of these managing agents are getting crazy high. You know, then the broker fee on top of that. So we're reducing broker fees. And, we're and, asking owners to pick up the fees of the application. In some cases, in one building in particular that I work in, $2,200 for an application fee. I mean, it's out of control. They just take well, advantage of the market. I mean, you go to Tribeca. Tribeca has the highest fees. I mean, if you go out to someplace in Brooklyn, there's right. barely any fees. And, but and, owners, when you try and tell them you got to pick up the fee or part of the fee, they're like, I don't want to. Listen, I started with something with a friend of mine at Circa 285 West 110th oh, Street yeah. with a three-bedroom. And he's like, I want $10,000. I was like, well, okay, good luck. And you, can you know, want whatever you want, but ultimately, he, you know, after two months on the market, and we cre- we creep down, we put the deal together where exactly I told him. I said it's eight thousand seventy eight hundred to eight thousand dollars, and we did a deal at seven nine nine five. He paid all the fees, and th- we closed the deal with a great tenant who got a great deal. As a side note, and this is <laughs> um, totally a side note. Um, but, here uh, here we go. <laughs> but I do not, I, I, I try, I want for renters below a certain ceiling to go and find rentals themselves. And I, and I, I don't mean that yeah. as in like, I don't care about you, but I think at some point, um, the question is like, how much value are we contributing to them? And I think on the rental side, there's not a lot of negotiation. It's just sort of the price is the price. There's some negotiation. Uh, I, 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 just, I, I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I will say like, I think that, that, I think that when you, you know, especially in the beginning of your career, I think that when you handhold clients like that, they're clients for life. And I, I just, I, I think that there, you know, that time is worth it in my, a lot of situations. My building on, my building on the Upper West Side 
they woke up and had 15 vacancies in a beautiful pre-war building. And they said, what the hell do we need to do? And I had to go in there and I said, you got to clean up that schmutz. It, right. You know, you got to do that, this, 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 and this. Right. Also, I'm finding. We have no vacancies now. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm also, I got, a, was ca- in I got a call last week from an owner in a building. I do a lot of business in uptown and they have been trying to rent out their apartment as it's an investment and they're getting very um, frustrated and fed up and they're now considering selling it because the renting is just really difficult. Well, I'm consulting some condominiums on the east side. Uh, The Central Pay, the board there has been historically cray-cray. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. And I I literally am saying you you. have... I, I said they have an interview. Is, it's a condo, and it's a, they have an interview, right? I have that's all that's insane. gone. Yeah, they're, they're, okay. all that's they're, gone. They've always been nuts. In a tough place. market, people drop their con- you know they drop they yeah. make concessions, they drop their demands. Yeah. That's, they, that's how you make a deal. That 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 building has had some major issues for a decade, and I have there's a new board and a new philosophy, and it's great. They now renovated the Weezy lobby. Weezy cleaned house. A cleaned house. Good for you. New sheriff in town. Weezy. Listen, yeah. I almost bought an apartment there many moons ago when I was Ooh. even an agent. And you I dodged thought, that bullet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know all the details. You know, not being an agent. Should have had a body's agent. But back but to I never like never liked the building ever since. But back to nose when I really think this is something we should talk about for agents out there in terms of representing the mm-hmm. tenant. We keep talking about a lot of landlord stuff. Like I just think it's very you know tenants these days are one of two people. There's someone who sees the opportunity. They are seizing it. They're being aggressive. They're doing, you know, everything they can to get the best deal. And then on the other side, I think that a lot of tenants in this market, where there's so much opportunity, get um, get nervous and get scared and don't know how to handle so much opportunity. And I think it's a really great to use the word again opportunity for agents out there to make an amazing bond with that tenant I, and I really protect them I, and I get them the best but, that but, you can. But 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 my my bandwidth is only my bandwidth. With That's and and so so weird. what I have done on many occasions when I can't help that person because I just physically don't have the bandwidth I'll try to refer them but often I'll just give them a whole list yeah. do a search right. send I tell, it to them send it to them and you know what for me your that vet it for has me. gotten me a lot of business I agree That's a good idea because it was being of service yeah. it was it was selfless and they uh, they remember it I should say one thing about the marketplaces right now so right now there is no one stop shop rental marketplace anymore. It used to sort of, Street Easy was sort of becoming that. Then they started charging then fees. They screwed Their up. inventory overnight dropped by 50%. So Which I believe is also, her, I, think, I think that is also causing a lot of what we're talking there about. There are so many agents that are, a lot of yes, misdirection. But, and, and but they're not low, posting. Low on, I mean, there is so many units that are not being That's posted really on Street Easy. So this will all change because I'm we're, I'm going to create a marketplace that has everything yes, and it's going to yes. be free. No free forever to post here. It's like just no no joke. But I do think that's another reason why agents are so valuable is because a lot of these tenants or renters, I should say, don't know where to go anymore. So an agent does know, well, this website and this website, and you know, they can kind of cobble so, it all together. So I want to know, does is everybody getting emails from and stupid text? Every time you list a listing, can I put your listing on my website? Yes, yes. Wow. I do get those. From other brokers, you mean? Absolutely no, like not. Yeah, because no. then they are they're from I don't know. They're trying to like something.com. Yeah. They're trying no, to get they're, like yeah. They're they're yeah. companies it's that amazing. are listing New York.com or apartments.com and they but are then texting me and I'm they're having brokers by that. pay yeah, them for the zip code and oh, the same geez. thing. Oof. And then they are oh, like man. 
or people from California are saying, if you want to give me a referral, I'm going to feed you buyers. <sighs> it's, and, you know what? All of a sudden, it's spun completely out of control. I mean, we've watched uh, the whole Street Easy yeah. dilemma, and, and we're to the point now where exa- I get that every time I put do up not, a listing. Don't really? Do Street not let them post it. No, never. Of I think, we, I think you know, and I'm we can getting, be mad I'm at Street Easy and phones. Zillow, but oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're just capitalists, right? Yeah. I mean, we should really... Be upset with our trade organization. And not well, to, yeah, I should say, say one thing because you said, I have to just say, you said they're, they're just capitalists. I love capitalism. No, oh, problem. no, I mean, listen, the no, way they're doing it, but no, I'm just saying no, like, no, the no, category it, they're in. No, but as I say, they're, they're entitled it, to be shady. But this is, they are a monopoly. Like, this is the, oh, this is the kind of thing that people right. do come and shut down. Like, if Eric, I always say this on Instagram, Eric. but if Eric Schneiderman were to have time, which I don't understand, I understand why he doesn't, our New York State Attorney General, I understand why he doesn't because he's got his hands full with all the stuff going on with the Trump organization, but <laughs> but Trump presidency, whatever you want to call it. But I will say like if he were to look at this situation, I mean it's bad. I mean it's it's really bad because it, 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 it is, is such a, a misrepresentation to the government. Also, not, not, to, about real estate. not to rush That's the future, point, not to like yeah. rush the present, but I, I am excited. I'm excited to fast forward this year and get to the end of the year because I think what this market is going to do is it's going to get rid of a lot of bad agents and a lot of bad brokers and a lot of these people who are capitalists and trying to yeah. create these off websites and off misrepresentation, steering yeah. away. Yeah. And I'm hope, excited for all of it to be I gone. I hope that you're right I'll, about that. I'll bring right. you in for the reporter that <laughs> yeah. we're doing a whole story on this. I let, let's, awesome. let's touch base in six months about that because I like what you said and I agree with you. Anyway, we are out of time. That's it for me. That's our show for today. Thanks to my guest and the panel as always. Until next time, be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.